Lord, everybody. Pastor Fields here. And today is Wednesday. And as you know, every Wednesday we come together to go into the word of the Lord. It's my joy always to be able to come into your homes, your cars, wherever you are, just to share God's word with you. I really enjoy the fellowship. And I wish we were able to see uh, each other face to face. Uh, but of course, because of what's going on with this pandemic, uh, but I am enjoying this. I am enjoying this. Um, I want to give the saints time to come in and I want to thank those of you who have been connecting with us every week. And um, I pray that the Lord blesses you on this evening as we go into the word of the Lord. <clears throat> Excuse me, as you know, uh, the month of March is Women's History Month, and I have been using a woman in the Bible each week uh, to pull out some nuggets out of the Word of God. Um, and this evening, we're going to be talking about a, yet another woman, and um, I pray that the Lord blesses you tonight as the saints come in. Let's have prayer, shall we? Father, we love you so much and we thank you for this opportunity to come together once again to share your word and to be blessed by your word. I thank you. I thank you, O oh God, for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, for all that you've done, for how you have kept us and watched over us. We love you, Lord, and I'm so grateful for your goodness on tonight. Bless us one by one. Excuse me, as we go into your word tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. Now on tonight, uh, I'm going to be talking about Rahab. Rahab in the Bible, and of course, when you talk about Rahab, different things come into your mind. Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is past, past things. Uh, where we come from. And uh, of course, we all have a past because of Christ. Uh, we have outlived it. We have survived it. Uh, we're not the person we used to be. God has brought us out. Uh, but every now and then your past whispers to you or your past will talk to you. Uh, old school preachers would say the old person knocks on the door uh, and starts talking to you. Um, what if I asked you, uh, what does your past say to you uh, when you think about it? And, and let's be honest, uh, and I'll, I'll raise my hand sometimes, and I'm a preacher, saved by grace, but sometimes my past will whisper in my spirit, and I'll suddenly feel uh, feelings of shame or regret, sometimes condemnation. Sometimes the enemy will whisper to me, <clears throat> excuse me, and I'll, I'll have a feeling of disqualification. Um, and maybe, maybe you have the same issues. And I think if we all be honest, once in a while, the past will whisper to you. Uh, but today we're going to talk about a woman by the name of Rahab. Uh, Rahab had a sordid past uh, but she ends up in the family tree of Jesus. Could you imagine? 
Um, <laughs> could you imagine someone like Rahab? I guess when the enemy looks at us, he says, could you, somebody like him, somebody like her? Uh, but she's, she would be the second woman in Jesus's family tree, right? Um, find that in the, the first chapter of the book of Matthew. But uh, this woman was a Canaanite, a prostitute. She may have even been a madam. Uh, but, and it's absolutely eyebrow-raising to, to think that someone like Rahab would be in the, my Savior's family tree. Uh, and of course, her story was so powerful until it's mentioned in the book of Hebrews, that famous chapter in Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 31. Listen to what it says. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. In the New Testament, it says she was a harlot. Hallelujah. But she didn't perish because she received the spies with peace. Let's get into her story because um, there's some lessons that we can learn certainly from Rahab. Um, some things that we certainly can apply to our own lives. Some things that can bless us. We all have a past. We all have a past. I'm going to say it one more time. We all have a past. Thanks be to God. Uh, I'm not what I used to be. Um, so we read out of Hebrews. Um, this woman's story was so powerful until she's listed even in the hall of faith, among those who achieved, those who had excelled, those who were blessed because of their faith. Um, surely, um, when we think about this story, the more I think about it, and we'll get into it, it amazes me how God does things, how God moves. Uh, could you imagine if people were able to persuade God against blessing you or against doing something for you, uh, I know my, my, me, myself, I wouldn't have anything at all. Um, so let's get into the lesson. It's a beautiful lesson. Um, and the topic or the subject of the lesson tonight is faith and, and the wondrous grace of God. Faith and the wondrous grace of God. Now, the story of, of uh, Rahab, of course, uh, starts in chapter 2 of the book of Joshua. Joshua. Uh, he was the leader after Moses, and it was his job or his assignment to bring the children of Israel into the promised land. You know the story, that first city that they would have to conquer or possess would be Jericho. Yeah, a wall that was so wide that a garrison of soldiers can march around the perimeter of the wall. Uh, but part of that wall, there was a house. Yeah, it was a house. Uh, and uh, I shouldn't say house, it, it was an inn. Uh, this is why we say perhaps she may have been uh, a madam, Rahab, uh, but she was a prostitute. Uh, and she lived in this house, and here is when we get 
uh, introduced to Rahab. Uh, so the heroes of faith she, is what she would become. Um, none of the heroes of faith listed in the book of Hebrews were perfect. None of them. Uh, there were failures. There were inconsistencies in their lives. Yeah, even Abraham. Remember when he lied and said Sarah was his sister? Uh, remember when famine arose, he ran down to Egypt? He made some mistakes. Uh, but their names are still included uh, because of their faith. Having faith does not mean you'll never make a mistake. No. Uh, our sins and our follies, of course, are always wrong uh, and displeasing to God, and we should never condone them. Uh, but we walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, faith is developed. Yeah, faith is developed. You don't, you don't get there overnight. Um, so here, listen to my notes. Um, the Lord never condones or excuses our sins, but he has made a way whereby sinful and failing men and women can find deliverance from the penalty of sin. You know what the penalty of sin is. The wages of sin is death. It is the gift of God that is eternal life. Um, so he has a way, bringing us in uh, to a new life, saving us and pulling us out of the world of sin. Uh, and we have to trust him. We have to believe him. So, uh, and it's a way that's called faith. And our faith should be in God, no one else but him, no one else but him. And this story talks about a woman who had faith. Uh, yeah, she had faith, a prostitute, someone who perhaps would be considered from the red light district of the city, uh, ends up in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Could you imagine? Let's go to um, Joshua chapter 2, verse 12. Now, you'll find this beautiful story in, in uh, verses 1 through 24 in the book of Joshua. I won't read all 24 verses for uh, to expedite time, but we will pull out some verses out of this beautiful story. Uh, chapter 2 of the book of Joshua, verse 12 says, Now, therefore, I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token. Mm -hmm. Let's go to verse 18. Uh, and now I, I don't want to just leave you hanging, but many of us know the story, but some of you may not. Uh, spies were sent out. Two spies were sent out uh, to spy out the city of Jericho. Yes, uh, I understand the Lord told Joshua, I've given you the city. I've shut up the city. But he had sent out two spies uh, to, to survey the city and to see what was going on. Uh, and they run into Rahab. So the conversation that she's having in chapter uh, two of the book of Joshua is with the two spies. Uh, and listen to what she says to them. Uh Verse 18, now, behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet. These are the spies talking back to her. Um, scarlet thread in the window, which thou didst let us down 
by, and thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's house home unto thee. So she she says, listen, if I help you out, um, I don't want to be destroyed. I don't want my family to be destroyed. Uh, so she reasons with them. Uh, and they tell her, you remember the story? If you tie the scarlet thread outside your window, you will not be destroyed with the rest of the city. Uh, if I take you from uh, to chapter uh, 6 of the book of Joshua, verse 25, it says, And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's house and all that she had, and she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day, because she hid the messengers with Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Now, I realize <clears throat> I've jumped all the way to the end of the story, but I'm coming back. I just want you to realize that no matter where you come from, no matter how far down you were or what kind of uh, life you had, uh, God can work things out for you. He can bring you out. He can save you. And not just you, and we talked about it last week, and you'll hear me say it over and over again, not just you, but the whole house. Yeah. Uh, and now, listen, in spite of our knowledge of the failures of others who are also recorded in Scripture, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all of those people I just mentioned made mistakes. Yeah, they big mistakes. Remember David? Uh, and, and we're not surprised, though, that their names are categorized or uh, cataloged, I should say, in the book of Hebrews. When you see their names, Sarah, uh, you know, and others who are listed, Abraham, you're not really surprised when you see their names. But when you see Rahab, simply because, I guess, because it's it said that she was a harlot, uh, you get a little surprised, don't you? Uh, by faith, the prostitute Rahab was not killed with those who were disobedient. Uh, so, listen, is it possible that a sinner can be translated from one life to another, a house of shame, to the hall of fame? The answer is yes. <laughs> Thank God. Let's go to Colossians 1 and 13. In the book of Colossians, Paul's he writes these words in the 13th verse, who have delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Who is he talking about? Us, you and I. He took us out of darkness and brought us into uh, his marvelous light. So can the grace of God uh, take a prostitute like uh, Rahab out of Canaan? And place her in the line of Jesus Christ? Absolutely, he did it. Yes, he did. So in this Bible study, we're going to sort of do some tracing of Rahab's life uh, that's as it's recorded in the book of Joshua chapter 2. Uh, actually, it's in Joshua chapters 2 and 6. Uh, and we'll get a glimpse of a beautiful illustration of the grace of God. Hallelujah. Listen. Uh, anyone want to know about grace and someone who has experienced grace, all they have to do is trace your life and see where the Lord has brought you from. I felt the spirit right there. He's brought me from a mighty long way. Uh, 
Is it possible for God to pull someone who is so far down, pull them up and deliver them and put them in a high place? Yes, absolutely. Let's dig into this a little bit more. Uh, and, and the first thing we have to talk about and just put it out there, just lay it out there. Rahab, Rahab was a sinner. Yes, she was. She was a prostitute. Uh, so the first thing that comes to my mind, uh, and we're reading the, the word of God, chapters 1 through 24, um, I'm sorry, verses 1 through 24 of chapter 2 of the book of Joshua talks about Rahab, and, and you understand right off the bat that this woman is a prostitute. She, she is a sure enough sinner, right? Not only was she a prostitute, but she had her own business. She ran in the inn. Uh, and so the first question then comes to my mind, I think immediately, almost. Well, how do sinners get saved, right? Uh, because right off the bat, people look at that and say, ugh, a prostitute. But when you see the lineage of Jesus Christ, the first thing that really should come to your mind, if you understand grace and faith, uh, well, how do, how do sinners get saved then? Uh, if, if she shouldn't be here, uh, well, how do we get saved? And, and Paul helps us out in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, by grace are ye saved. And I hear, I hear you talking to me. Well, you got to be baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes, that's true. But none of that would have come to pass had it not been for the grace of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The grace of God. There'd be no Holy Ghost. There'd be no, there would be no extension of his hand. There'd be no salvation had it not been for the grace of God. So Paul says, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, the fact that I have the Holy Ghost. And he says it's a gift. That's grace. I don't even deserve the gift that I have. Anybody know about God's grace? Listen, if you know about his grace, put it in the comment section. I thank God for his grace. Paul says, yes, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Powerful. Powerful. And let's compare that to what uh, Paul writes in the book of Titus, chapter 3, verse 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy hath he saved us. Yes, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Rahab was a pagan, Canaanite. She was a pagan and she lived in spiritual darkness. Hallelujah. I'm saying hallelujah because I'm reminded of the fact that I was in darkness also among people who were given up to idolatry. They didn't worship uh, the one and true God. They worshiped idols. She was a pagan a prostitute. Uh-huh. So listen, let's go to John, the third chapter, verses 19, 19 rather, through 21. Listen to what it says here. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were 
evil. So, and listen, there's a reason why I'm reading these particular scriptures because um, this harlot, this prostitute, uh, you know, she, she was a sinner. But if you read the word of God right, you'll understand that we were sinners too. That's why when, when you learn about people's past or their history, you shouldn't be so quick to judge, especially if the Lord took his time. Yes, took his sweet time and, and brought them in to the household of faith and saved their souls. Such were some of you. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter six. I want to read that for you. Verses nine through 11. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor uh, idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And listen to what Paul says in verse 11. And such were some of you. Hallelujah. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. Yes, she was a sinner, but so was I. Yes, she was deep in sin. But Paul says, and such were some of you. All right. Uh, she's an innkeeper. She entertained guests and visitors in her house. That's, this is what we know from reading the second chapter of Joshua, uh, verse 15. Then she let them down by a cord through the window for her house was upon the town wall and she dwelt upon the wall. This is why we know that Rahab's house was right on the wall and she was a prostitute and she had visitors or she had people that would come into her house and stay. Uh, so she had her own business. She was enterprising, uh, but she was also a prostitute. But God loved her. But God loved her is a powerful message right there. I was messed up, but God loved me. Hallelujah. I was lost, but God loved me. Glory to God. I was damned to a devil's hell, but God loved me. And God loved her. How do I know? Well, let's go old school. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believeth in him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Mm -hmm. Let's compare that to Luke chapter uh, seven, uh, when it talks about uh, where the Pharisees, one of the Pharisees wanted to eat with him. And it's, it's a lot of reading. I don't want to take up a whole lot of time. I wish I had a lot of time. Uh, but it says, a woman in that city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. Uh, here, when we talked about that, uh, the woman who broke the alabaster box uh, previously. Um, and we got a question also about, was that Mary Magdalene? I may have to go back to that lesson uh, because there are several 
Mary's in the Bible and there are some occurrences in the scripture where the woman's name is not mentioned. But here um, it says that this woman was a sinner, this woman here, and washed the master's feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. She was a sinner. Hallelujah. And people in the house were angry that Jesus received this attention and, and uh, allowed her to do this. They judged her. Yes. Hallelujah. But there's something about when you have a meeting with Jesus, when you come uh, in the presence of our Savior, something changes in your life. Yeah, your life changes. And there are people around who may not accept the change, may not believe the change. Hallelujah. But when he changes you, he changes you. And I need to talk to somebody. When If you know God has changed your life, you don't have to answer to anyone. Hallelujah. If he changed your life, you can walk with your head up high and let people know whether you believe it or not. I'm not the same anymore. Uh, John, the eighth chapter, verses 3 through 11 You'll find also uh, where it says the scribes and the Pharisees, brother woman, who was caught in adultery, right? And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. So they, they caught her in the very act of committing adultery. Isn't it something? Uh, why didn't they come to Jesus and confess their own sins? Instead, they're coming to point out the sins of another uh, and, and they said, Moses and the law commanded us that such should not, such should be stoned. Uh, what do you say, Jesus? Uh, they said this according to what John writes. They said this to tempt him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down with his finger. Remember this story? Wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. We all are sinners. He had to forgive all of us of something. Romans 3, 22 and 23, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have a past. We all have things in our lives, perhaps that we're not happy about, but the Lord changed our lives. Thank God for his grace. I would not even have an opportunity to be saved had it not been for the grace, for the grace of God. No. So she was a sinner. She was a sinner, just put it out there, just let's just lay it out on the table. She was a sure enough sinner. But you know what? I was a sure enough sinner. So were you. Messed up. But Jesus found me. My life has been changed all because of the grace of God. Well, the, the next thing we learn also, uh, and we see in this lesson, is that Rahab's faith started in hearing the word of God. Twice we're told in this story, right? We're in chapter 2 of the book of Joshua, verses 1 through 24. You also read it in chapter 6. Uh, but we're told that she says out of her mouth to the spies, we heard, we heard, we heard. Chapter 
2 of Joshua, verse 10, it says, uh, For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when ye came out of Egypt, and what ye did unto two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side, Jordan, Sion and all, whom ye utterly destroyed. He said, I heard, we heard how you delivered uh, were delivered out of the hands of your enemy, how the Red Sea just opened up for you. We heard. Hallelujah. Verse 11. Let's go there. It says, as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts didn't melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now, this is a prostitute talking to him. said, I heard the word. Hallelujah. I heard the word. What is the word? Whatever God says and whatever God has done, that's his word. I heard how the Lord delivered you. I heard how the Lord protected you. I heard how the Lord destroyed your enemies. And she heard that in hallelujah. And somehow in the midst of that, faith started building up in her life. Yeah, she was in sin, but she was hearing the word. And the Bible says, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Not only did she say, I heard, but she says, now that I heard, I know, Joshua 2 and 9. Let's go there. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord have given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. She said, I know this. <laughs> listen, I know we can quote scripture and we can define certain words, but listen, when you, when you get down to the nitty gritty of faith, faith takes God at his word. Faith takes God at his word and reckons on it. Let's go to Romans chapter four. Romans chapter four, verses 20 and 21. Talking about Abraham, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that he had promised, what he had promised, rather, he was able also to perform. She said, I heard, and because of what I heard, I know, I know that the Lord, I know that the Lord. I know that the Lord, this is this woman talking to them. I know I heard the word and now I know. Listen, I know that the Lord has given you the land. Hallelujah. That your terror is falling upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you, my Lord. So her faith begins by hearing the word of the Lord. Yes. Uh, and listen, the reason why we were able to come into salvation was because we believed the word that we heard. We heard the word. And because we heard the word, we moved in the direction of our salvation. Hallelujah. We hear the gospel. We hear the gospel. We hear the gospel. John 5 and 24 my Lord, I'm starting to feel this. John 5 and 24, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believe on him that sent me hath everlasting life 
and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Listen, we hear, we heard the word, and we still continue to hear the word. We hear that we are under condemnation, right? And we tremble. Uh, this is what uh, the woman uh, Rahab was saying. We heard what God has done for you, and, and there's fear all in the land, uh, because your God is a mighty God. And so then she confesses her faith. This is another thing that we can say about Rahab. She confesses her faith to the spies now that are in her house. Uh, she was not a secret believer. Hallelujah. Listen, don't be a secret believer. Tell everybody. Tell them. I, I heard and I know I believe I'm confessing that God is true. He is real. Mm -hmm. Listen to my notes. She was no secret believer. Notice the difference between a mere intellectual faith and a real heart faith. Now that's powerful because some people have an intellectual faith. They can explain their faith. They can explain doctrine. They can get into the word of God. They can quote the scripture that's, that's intellectual faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things, hallelujah, not seen. That's intellectual. Now, uh, it's not real until you apply it to your life. A real heart faith. Joshua 2 and 10. Joshua 2 and 10 says, For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. When ye came out of Egypt, and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sinai, and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above. Comes real to her. It's obvious to me. She's saying that your God is no joke. Hallelujah. I want to get to know the God that you serve. So she comes out, uh, so to speak, of her closet, of her closet of sin, and she's talking to the spies and confessing. She says, we have heard, uh, hallelujah. And that, that includes, she's including, everybody has heard this, how your God has delivered, how your God has moved, has your God, how your God has set free, right? So she says, I know that the Lord, uh, is your, he's your God, and I know, and he's proven this. And because now she's starting to believe in, in this God called Jehovah, and this God that opens up the Red Sea, and this God that can do anything but fail. So um, listen to my notes. Many in Jericho heard about the Lord and his power, and they believed about him. But Rahab believed in him. Yes, Lord. So there's some people that believe, uh, they believe, they believe, but how do they believe? Some people believe about him. They read scripture, they read, they believe about him. But how many believe in him? Yes. Listen, if you believe in him, put it in the comment section. I believe in him in God. 
Hallelujah. She believed in him and she trusted him. Romans 10 and 9. I want to take you to Romans. Um, Romans 10 and 9. All right. We'll get it for you. I want to read that verse. I want to make sure I read Romans 10 and 9. Listen, if we were sitting in here uh, in the sanctuary and uh, folks were sitting in front of me, I would just tell one of the brothers and sisters, read that for me. Uh, but be patient with me. The book of Romans, the 10th chapter. And the ninth verse, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God have raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So in order to come into in order to come into that place where I can receive the deliverance of salvation of God, uh, I have to confess it out of my mouth. You are God. You have the power. I can't pull myself out of this. You have to confess it. You have to say yes. Uh, you are the healer. You are the deliverer. You are the way maker. You are the burden bearer. So uh, we have to learn how to confess with our mouth. Uh, stop confessing the negative. Stop confessing the gloom and the doom and confess the power of God. Confess the deliverance of God. Confess the realness of your God. Confess that he has all power in his hand. So the next thing is that Rahab also, uh, we understand that her faith demonstrated, it was demonstrated by her works. Rahab's faith was demonstrated by her works. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. It says, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. She received them with peace. How does she do it? By faith. By faith, by faith. Rahab, because she believed in the Lord, she welcomed the spies in her house. She welcomed in her house. Let's, let's go to the book of James, chapter 2, verse 25. James says, Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? Let's compare that now to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, where it says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And if I compare that with Philippians now, chapter 3, I'm going somewhere, verses 12 and 13 not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. So uh, real faith, that real faith that that develops a transition in your life. Hallelujah. When you really have faith 
it's demonstrated in what you do. I have faith. I'm going to bring these men into my house. I don't want to die with everyone else. She believed God. Faith puts you in the place. So I'm going to take a chance. Yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make a move because I want to live. Hallelujah. When I heard the word of God, I understood that I need to make a move. I, I need to give my life to the Lord. I need to live for the Lord. I don't want to die, not in my sins, not like this. I don't care what nobody says. I know I have a past, but I heard the word. I heard about this God that can deliver, that can do anything. Hallelujah. Listen, where, where there's real faith, that real faith can be seen. When people really believe in God, you can really see that they really believe in God in their actions. The evidence that Rahab's uh, faith was real was that she hides the spies. She hides the spies. Joshua 2. Joshua, the second chapter in the first verse, and Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go, view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into a harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. Verse 4, chapter 2 of the book of Joshua. It says, and the woman took the two men and hid them and said, thus there came men unto me, but I was not whence they were. They came looking for the men. Not only did she hide the spies, but she tells of those that were looking for them, I don't know where they are. Hallelujah. There came men unto me, but I don't know whence they were. My Lord. Hmm. Verse six. Let's go there. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. Let's go further down this chapter, verses 9 through 12. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, my Lord, and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. So she's making her confession. I know. I know. I let me make this confession. Hallelujah. And she says she would send, uh, uh, well, I should say she tells that she didn't know where they were, but she, not only did she hide them, but at an appropriate time, she sends them away. Uh, verse 16, and that she said unto them, talking to the spies, get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you and hide yourselves three days until the pursuers be returned, and afterward may ye go your way. So she sends the spies away. Hmm. But the greatest evidence of her faith was the scarlet cord. I love this story. I wish really that we had time to really dig into this the way that I like to dig into this. But we find that in the 18th verse of chapter 2, Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window, which thou didst let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. Now, what does that sound like to you? 
That sounds like because of her faith, because of her moving according to her faith, that God was going to save not only her, come on, say it with me, the whole house. Get everybody under the blood. Hoshandaye, glory. Get everybody in this house under the blood. Her faith, her faith was getting ready to bring salvation, hallelujah, and deliverance to everything, everyone that was connected to her. That's the greatest evidence of her faith. I want everybody saved. And I'm going to make a move. Hallelujah. I want to do something that's going to give everyone in my family an opportunity to be saved. <clears throat> Court was a sign. Excuse me. Uh, verse 12. Let's go to verse 12. Chapter 2. Now, therefore, I pray you swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token. She says, listen, if what I'm doing is pleasing to you and to your God, Give me a token of disagreement. Give me a token of our agreement that if I, because I helped you, that nothing will happen to me or to my family. Give me a token. And that token was that scarlet thread representing the blood. Hallelujah. While the court was in that window, Rahab knew she was safe. Hallelujah. Hashama. Glory. Joshua 2 and 21. Joshua 2 and 21 says, and she said, according unto your word, so be it. And she sent them away and they departed and she bound the scarlet thread, bound the scarlet line in the window. She said, I believe and I'm going to put my faith into action. And she took that scarlet line and bound it to the window. Hallelujah. You don't think people saw that thread hanging down? I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure people saw that line. Uh, and we say thread, but it was a it was a cord, a rope, hanging from her window. Hallelujah! The blood representing the blood of the Lamb. He said, "Get your house." She said, "Will you save my father, my mother, my brethren?" They said, "Get them all in here. They stay in this house. When the trouble comes, they will be saved." She believed the word that the spies told her, and the cord is in the window. Hashanda, the cord is in the window. And as long as that cord was there, she knew she was safe. Remember what happened in the book of Exodus? Chapter 12, verses 12 and 13. I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token. She asked for a token. Give me a token of this agreement. The token was the blood. Hallelujah. The blood shall be to you. And that scarlet line represented the blood of the lamb. The blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I felt the preacher man coming. I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. When I smite the land of Egypt. Thank you, Jesus. I want to read out of 1 John. Chapter 1, verse 7, it says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us 
from all sin. So that that line was a would be a token, even a representation of the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. There's power in the blood. There's cleansing in the blood. There's atonement. The blood represents an atonement for what? For my sin. Atonement for sin. So her faith was demonstrated by her works. I have faith. Yep. I'm a prostitute. I'm a harlot. As a matter of fact, when we read it in the scripture, it says harlot. Rahab the harlot. Rahab the harlot. Rahab the harlot. Rahab, and I can hear her talking back to us, call me what you want. But me and my family got saved. We were delivered because I believed the word. I heard the word. I heard about this God. And I wanted not only me to be saved, but I wanted my whole house to be delivered. So I need to talk about uh, a few more things concerning Rahab. Her faith also involved a radical change because she believed in this God, because she believed in the Lord. Her whole life would be transformed. For her, a believer, it meant leaving a doomed city. A believer, it meant leaving her old lifestyle. Listen, and being separated from the Canaanites. She was willing to give all of that up for God. Hallelujah. If you really want this God, you got to be willing to give up everything so you can have all of him. And this is what it meant. Listen, it meant separation from her people coming out of a city that was doomed, right? I'll leave the Canaanite way of life. I'll leave the world. She was throwing in her whole lot with the people of God. You can have this whole wide world, but I'm going to take this God. She was separated, throwing in the lot with these people of God. She turned to God. It meant letting go of her, of her idols. Hasha, letting go of everything that became, uh, that was in her way. Everything that had become so so important to her she was willing to let all of that go i want to let it go and when you let things go when you let the old man go you can become new let's let's go to second corinthians chapter 5 second corinthians second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 what does this, what does it say uh, and some of you can quote it right off the bat now. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. She had to let it go. You got to let the old one go so you can become a new one. First Thessalonians 1 and 9, it says here, For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. She had to turn. She had to let go of the stone and the wood, the God that was made out of marble. Ha! And she had to say, I want a real God in my life. She had to walk away from. What are you willing to walk away from so you can have all of God? Hallelujah. Yes, every, every time so far. We talk about Rahab the harlot, the harlot, the harlot, but she's in the hall of faith. Yes, she is. She's in the hall of faith. 
Yes, not only her, but everybody in her house was delivered from the vengeance of God. Yes, they were. A real work of grace in a person's heart will always lead to change. The real work of grace. I'd rather have God. Yes, hallelujah, I'm out here, but I, I see something better than where I am now. The grace of God. I don't deserve it, but I'm reaching for it because God said, if I would adhere to his word, I can have a better life, a new life. Hallelujah. So the, the work of grace in a person's life will always lead to change. In other words, faith in the Lord. Jesus will be evidenced by a change of character. Yes, people who have faith in God and have received his grace, uh, they cannot continue to be the same person they were before the change. Change has to take place, place in your life. If you receive the salvation of God, a change has to take place in your life. Now, let's dig deeper. Rahab's faith reached out to her friends and her loved ones, right? We've, we've, all, we've already hinted to that, to the fact that what she did, uh, it affected her family. But Rahab's faith, uh, let's talk about it. Joshua 2, verses 12 uh, and 13, it says this. Now, therefore, I pray you swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house. And give me a true token, and that you will save alive my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. So she's saying, Everybody, I want to know if you're going to save everybody. Hallelujah. If I serve this God, I want everybody saved my mother, my father, my brethren, everything that they have. So she's including my nephews, my nieces. My aunts, my uncles, all of them, all of them, everybody in my family. Hallelujah. If they come into this house covered by the blood, will they be saved? Hallelujah. To the utmost, Jesus saves. What a lovely thing I have in my notes to see this woman concerned for the salvation of her family and friends. And I wonder how many people today, uh, you know, and this, this is a me, 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 me world. Even in the church, you'll find people who are only concerned about themselves. But listen, you better start praying for your children and your children's children. You better start seeking the Lord for the salvation of the whole house. She was, she was like Esther. I want to show you something Esther prayed for. In the book of Esther, chapter 8, verse 6, this is what, this is what Esther says. She says, how can I endure to see the evil that shall come unto my people? Or how can I endure to see the destruction of my kindred? How, how, can, I, how can I just sit here and, and watch my kindred, watch my people be destroyed? And how can we, knowing the goodness of God and having all of this joy and being saved ourselves, how can we bear just watching our unsaved loved ones, our family members? How, how can we bear it? Esther said, I can't bear it. I can't sit here and just watch them. I got all this joy. I, gotta, I have to do something. 
Hallelujah. I got to start praying to the Lord. Lord, save my children. Save everybody in my house. I want them to be delivered. She was like Andrew. Yes, uh, in the book of John, chapter 1, verses 40 and 42, it says, One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. But listen, he's, listen, uh, Andrew, when he, when he found out that Jesus was the Messiah, hallelujah, I'm going to read it again. He heard John speak and he followed him. His name was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And when he found his own brother, Simon, he went to Simon, hallelujah, and said unto him, I, we found the Messiah. We found the Christ. Hallelujah. And, and because of this, he grabs his brother and brings him to Jesus. And this is what we need to do today. Go get your daughter and bring her to Jesus. Hallelujah. I know. I know we have, we got family members that get on their nerves, but listen, I don't want nobody in my family to be lost. Get them and bring them to Jesus. Hallelujah. She was like Philip. Read about this in John, uh, the first chapter, verses 43 through 49. The day followed Jesus, I'm sorry, the day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, follow me. Now Philip was of Bethesda, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, can there any good thing come up out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith unto him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered him and said unto him, before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. And Nathanael answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. So you see, and I, what I'm reading uh, in the scriptures is when somebody found Jesus, they couldn't wait to get somebody else uh, in their family or connected to them to bring them to Jesus. Hallelujah. Bring them to Jesus. Bring them to Jesus. Joshua 2.13. I'm back in Joshua. And that ye still save alive my father. This is Rahab talking to the spies now. Just like others in the scriptures I read to you. Rahab is saying that you will save alive my father. I don't want my father to die uh, and, and be destroyed in this sinful place. My mother. I don't want my mother to die in this sinful place. Hatamosha. Oh God, I want my mother saved. I want my father saved. She says, my brethren, my sisters, I want my brother saved. I have a brother. I'm going to say it. I'm going to put it out there. I have a brother named Brett. He's the middle child. I want you filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to call you. I want to bring you to Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. And my brother has children. I want my niece and my nephew to be saved. I have a son 
who has a, a daughter and a son. I'm going to call them. Hallelujah. I want to bring them to Jesus. I want my granddaughter saved, my grandson saved. That's what I'm talking about. Rahab says, I know who I am. I know what I've done, but I heard the word. And this God that I heard about, he can open up a Red Sea. He can deliver people. He can change lives. I'm going to hook up with him. And I want everybody that's connected with me to be saved too. Hallelujah. She says, and she gives them a list. My mother, you can call it a prayer list if you want. My mother, my father, my sisters, my brother, and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. I don't want to die in this sinful place, in this sinful condition. I want to live. I want to live. So finally, hallelujah, we can talk about this. She wanted the whole house. She wanted the whole house to be saved. Somebody put it again in the comment section. I want my whole house saved. I want my whole house, my whole house saved. So now here we are. Rahab's faith brought her into a position of great honor and made her the special channel of God's blessing. This prostitute, the Bible calls her over and over again, the harlot, Rahab the harlot, Rahab the harlot. I wonder if Rahab was alive today and she opened up the Bible and, and all these places is Rahab the harlot, Rahab the harlot, Rahab. This woman, listen, this woman called Rahab, now, listen to my notes. This woman now brought into living relationship with the Lord became, listen to what she became. People always want to talk about what you were. Even in church, you run into people and they, they when they open their mouth, they're always trying to remind you of what you were, what you used to be, right? But let's talk about what she became. She's in a living relationship with the Lord now, and she becomes the mother of Boaz. Yeah. Listen to my notes. She would become the mother of Boaz, the great-grandfather of King David. I want to read out of the book of Ruth, chapter 4. The book of Ruth, chapter 4, verses 21-22. It says, And Salmon begat Boaz. And Boaz begat Obed, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David. I want to take you to a New Testament scripture now, and I want to show you something. I want to compare what I just read out of Ruth to the gospel according to St. Matthew chapter 1, uh, verses 5 and 6. We're going to get into the genealogy now. Matthew chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. Salmon begat Boaz of, of Rahab. It's spelt in the King James Version, and this here, R-A-C-H-A-B, is the same woman. Boaz of Rahab. And Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. I read a little bit too far, but here, 
Let's go down to verse 16. And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who was called the Christ. So in chapter, in verse 5, Rahab is mentioned in the genealogy of the, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hmm. Wow. Let's go back to Joshua. Let's go to chapter 6 now. Joshua chapter 6. Verses 21 through 23. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and ass with the edge of the sword. But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, go into the harlot's house. Still calling her a harlot. Go into the harlot's house and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath as she swear, as ye swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab, brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brethren, and all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel, my Lord. So she got what she asked for. She prayed. Told the spies, I want my whole family saved. I want them all delivered. And we read in the word of God that it happened. Verse 25, and Joshua saved Rahab, the harlot, called the harlot again, alive in her father's household and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. My Lord. So this is the genealogy of the Messiah that we read out of out of uh, the book of Matthew. Uh, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Listen, and I'll read it again. I want to read it a little again. Abraham, the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah whose mother was Tamar, Perez, the father of Hezron, Hezron, the father of Ram, Ram, the father of Aminadab, Aminadab, the father of Nashon, Nashon, the father of Salmon, Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Hmm. Everywhere else, she's called a harlot. My, my, my. But in the genealogy of Jesus Christ, it says, Aminadab, the father of Nashon, Nashon, the father of Salmon, Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. It doesn't say whose mother was the harlot Rahab. It just says whose mother was Rahab. Isn't it something? When God deals with you, according to grace and faith, that he does not refer to you according to what you were. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I felt that in my spirit and somebody needed to hear that on today. So I need to close out with this because we opened up about talking about the past and I have to close out on this too because there were three things that I learned Powerful things that I learned from Rahab. Lessons from them. 
Hallelujah. That God does three things to those that have a past. Three things. Three things that God does with people that have a past, and we all do. But according to our faith and according to his grace, he saves, he uses, and redefines those that have a past. Put it in the comments section. I've been saved. He uses me and he's redefined, saved, used, and redefined. He saves us. He uses us for his glory and he redefines us. Let's talk about it because in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit saved he saved us i have a past used to be but not anymore but there's no condemnation anymore hallelujah when you read that genealogy you're reading about a woman who was not uh sitting and waddling in the puddle of condemnation no no so others refer to her as the harlot but when she's listed in the genealogy of christ She's not called a harlot. Hallelujah. So listen, no matter what your past says to you, no matter what your past tries to hold against you, no matter what people try to make you remember about what you used to be or how you used to be, hallelujah, our past, listen, tell them my past is why Jesus was born. <laughs> my past is why Jesus was born. And my future is, is why Jesus died for my sins. Hallelujah. So listen. Uh, listen to my notes. Rahab can come across in scripture as a shrewd businesswoman who chose her profession to make a good living. But maybe she was more, hmm, she was more like a woman who, would, who was raised in, listen, I have in my notes, in the adult entertainment world. Right. And, and when you see Harlot, 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 uh, uh, and you might cringe a little bit, but you have you may have pictures in your mind. This woman is a Harlot. She comes from, uh, you know, she comes from a bad place. And people, when they know your past, they tend to judge you accordingly. Even when you're in the church, here you are singing and shouting. Here you are. Your family's been delivered, you've been delivered, but when people refer to you, they can't help but refer to you as what you used to be, right? And we never think, we never stop to think some of the things that may have caused that person to be or be living the life that they were living. Listen, I, I see people out in the street begging. I've run into homeless people and given them something to eat um, and Sometimes I'll, I'll stop and talk to them. Uh, and these people are very intelligent. Some of them have degrees. Yeah, some of them are smarter than me, but they're living in the street. They need a bath. They need a shave. They need food to eat. What, <clears throat> what caused them to be in the dilemma that they are in? What caused Rahab? Uh, have you ever thought about it? Uh, she may have come from a deep place of brokenness. She may have been raised with a whole lot of childhood drama. She may have been molested. Maybe her past was full of pain and abuse. Maybe uh, 
maybe she was trapped now in a place of disrespect and disregard and shame. Maybe Rahab, maybe Rahab was, was rejected all of her life and pushed away and abandoned, right? And now she's, she's a prostitute, but she's got her own business. And listen, I'm not condoning her sin, but have you ever stopped to think the things that occurred in people's lives to leave them where they are? Hmm. What do you think Rahab heard? Although she may have been making money, although she may have had her own business on the wall of Jericho. What do you think, what do you think her, her past or what her deeds were saying to her? Did she feel condemnation or shame? Or did she feel worthless? Listen, it doesn't matter how much money a person has. Doesn't matter where they live. Hallelujah. There, there are things that we need to be delivered from. Hallelujah. Was she thinking, Lord, I've made, I've made too many mistakes. I've done so many things wrong. Um, now, I can't answer all of those questions, but I do know that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Hallelujah. And I've got good news because of this. Listen to my notes. The good news is that no choice we ever make, scars that have ever been inflicted, no drink taken or words flung or body misused can keep you from the saving grace of Jesus. You don't believe it? Just look around. You don't believe it? Hallelujah. Talk to somebody who's been delivered and who can tell you the truth. Paul, that's why Paul said such were some of you. Yes. You have preachers who are preaching that used to be pimps, missionaries that used to be prostitutes. Yes. Murderers who are singing praises unto God. God saves and he specializes. Hallelujah. I felt the Holy Ghost. He specializes. So he saves from the past. He saved from the past. That's why he was born. He was born because I had a past. He was born because I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. But he died so I can have a future with him. So he saves from the past. He uses people that have a past. He uses people that have a past. He uses people that have a past. My goodness. Listen to my notes. Maybe you cannot, and amen, that God can save anyone with a past. You know, I said that, amen, amen. But this is where a lot of people get stuck. Yes, I know he can save, but when you start talking about using these people, do you believe that God can use anyone with a past? What if Rahab was, was alive today, right? And listen. Our church is right smack in the middle of drug traffic and prostitution. And what if Rahab came right off of Division Street here in Washington, D.C., or Eastern Avenue, Eastern Highway, right? Last week, she was walking down the street in a miniskirt, half naked, right? Sticking her head in, in people's cars, right? Trying to work in that prostitution. And then the next week, she's saved, not just her. 
She's delivered not just her, but her whole house. And here she is a month later sitting in the front seat with the missionaries, right? Could you imagine the people talking, especially those that used to drive down the street? <laughs> I know she's saved, but I don't think she should be sitting there in the front seat. I don't think she should be. Listen, Jesus saves. He not only saves, but he uses people with the past. My Lord, do you read the Bible? Used to be, but not anymore. I'm, I'm a sinner saved by grace. You ought to let the story of Rahab convince you. Hallelujah. God used Rahab mightily. Listen, despite her past, in the first battle to conquer Jericho, so they can get into the promised land. This is the first city. So they can get into the promised land. He uses this woman. God used Rahab not only, listen, not only to save the spies because she brought the spies in her house. She should have sounded the alarm. They would have been killed. But she put them in her house by faith. I'm going to put them in here. I'm, I'm risking my own life. She not only saved their lives, but she saved her whole family's life. Hallelujah. And listen, God had even more for Rahab because Rahab would usher in Boaz. Yes, remember Boaz? Boaz in the book of Ruth represents my kindred redeemer. God, God used Rahab to shape the character and the faith and godliness of a young man by the name of Boaz. She was Boaz's mama who would one day rescue a, a young Moabite widow by the name of Ruth. Listen, look how God works. Yes, he saves and he uses for his glory, for his purpose. Listen, I wonder, I wonder what's keeping you from letting God use you. What, what, and it's not only what, what people say to you. It could be some things you're saying to yourself. What is keeping you from allowing God to use you mightily? What, is, what does the enemy keep bringing up from years ago? even from last week. What does he keep bringing up? Hallelujah. Listen, I have a word for you. Don't give the devil any more ground that the Lord has already taken by his grace. He's taken that away from you because you trusted him. You believe he's taken that away. Hallelujah. The lineage of my savior shows how God powerfully uses in spite or despite our past. Right in the lineage, it says Rahab, but it doesn't mention what she used to be. I'm glad God does not deal with us like people. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. So that's the second thing we learned from Rahab. The first thing is that God saves us from our past. The second thing is that God uses those who have a past. And the last thing I learned was that God redefines those that have a past. He saves, he uses, and he redefines. Hallelujah. Put it in the comment section. God saves, he uses, and he redefines those with the past. And I'll, so I'll repeat myself here. When the scriptures talk about Rahab, I feel this in my spirit. When the scriptures talk about Rahab, she, she's almost always referred to as that harlot, the harlot. 
Rahab the harlot, when you read it in the scriptures, and we read it several times in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, when it talks about Rahab, Rahab the harlot, all the way in the book of James, the harlot Rahab. So the scripture mentions her often, almost always she's called the harlot, except in the genealogy that's recorded in Matthew. Matthew calls her Rahab, the mother of Boaz. You don't need to know her past. If she's been delivered, you don't need to worry about my past. If I've been changed, you don't need to worry about my past. Hallelujah. If God has saved me and he's using me, and not only does he save and use, but he redefines. Hallelujah. That's why you ought to stop letting people write your story. Hallelujah. Because they're not the author of your story. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. That's why you don't let people define you. God defines me. I know what I was, but I know what he's making me into. He saves, he uses, and he redefines those with the past. He redefined Rahab. Yes, he did. So from a fallen woman to a chosen woman. She goes from a bad girl, from being a bad girl to being a bride. And she produces Boaz. From being a mess to being a mother. From being a prostitute to being a progenitor of the Messiah. She's part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. God refines us. He redefines us, I should say. He redefined me. He redefined you. Listen. So there's no need for shame when shame comes to the house. Tell shame he's, he's got to go. There's now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. When sin tries to pull you back and say, you remember what you used to do? Listen, all right? And even try to make you do it again. Uh, if you confess your sins, you confess your weaknesses, he is faithful and just. Listen, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1 and 19. And when the enemy tries to make you feel hopelessness, uh, I see in, in 1 Peter, 1 Peter 1 and 3. I'm going to read it for you. 1 Peter 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I have hope. I don't care how much the enemy tries to make me feel hopelessness. I have hope. I have it now. I didn't have it before. Hallelujah. Talking about having chains. No, I'm not bound anymore. Hallelujah. Listen to what Jesus replies and says in John 8 and 34 through 36. Very, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if now, so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Hallelujah. You got to talk back to the enemy and make those confessions. Yes, sometimes even the enemy will mess with you and try to make you feel self-contempt. Hallelujah. But you tell them out of the word of God, I'll take you there. First John 3 and 1, where it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. 
Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Hallelujah. My father loves me. I have no business having self-contempt towards myself. My father not only loves me, but he lavishes love upon me. Hasha, so much so until I'm called his son. So much so until I'm called his daughter. And there's no fear. No. To walk around in fear, no. Fear of my past. Fear of this, fear of that. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casteth out all fear. Some of you struggle with rejection. Yes, and sometimes rejection can push you to a place and and, and it, it can be uh, assumed that perhaps maybe Rahab dealt with a whole lot of rejection. Uh, but let's go to 1 Peter 2 and 9. But ye are a chosen generation. Rahab was chosen. Could you imagine? I think this is why some people, make when they look at you and I, those that may know your past or my past or, you know, uh, I've had people that used to hang out with me when we were younger and they see me now on Facebook or they'll run into me and they're like, really? You know how people do. Uh, and they reject who you are now. But I'm so glad I'm not who I used to be. I'm glad. Put it in the comment section. I'm glad I'm not who I used to be. Uh, right? This is who I am now. A chosen generation. Royal priesthood. Holy nation. Peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous lights. He redefines, he saves, he uses, and he redefines. I'm having church in here all by myself. Yes, I am. And some people will try to disqualify you. Just like the prostitute, I told you, what if that a prostitute come in here and got saved and now she's sitting on the front bench and she's working in the church? Hallelujah. And, and listen, if God saved you, if God brought you out, if he delivered you, no one has a right to try to disqualify you. Listen to what the word of God says in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse number 12. Colossians 1 and 12 Paul writes these words, giving thanks unto the Father, which have made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Wow. And some of you may not get it now, so I'll read it in another translation where it says, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Oh, sha! you might not think I'm qualified. And people may look at you and say, you don't qualify. And they're using your past to disqualify you. Paul said, you should give joyful thanks to the father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance. <laughs> My God. He has qualified you to share in the inheritance, joint heir with heir of God, joint heir with Jesus Christ. He has, he has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. 
I was in the kingdom of darkness, but he has translated me and brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light, and he qualified me. So he saves, he uses, and he redefines. He saves, he uses, and he redefines. Hallelujah. 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 The last one you may have to deal with. Sometimes the enemy will try to bring you and make you feel and even make people ostracize you because of, of who you used to be. And this is all the things Rahab represents all of this because he took her from where she was and delivered her and saved her and her whole family. Now she's in the lineage of our Messiah, right? Perhaps if she was alive today, she would be ostracized, cast to the side. Listen, my notes say, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. This is what Paul says to the Ephesian church. You're no longer foreigners and strangers, but you are a fellow citizen with God's people and also members of his household. Hallelujah. I'm a, I'm a citizen and I'm a member of the household of God. Three things I've learned. God saves us from our past. God uses those who have a past. And God redefines us. Even though we have a past, saves, uses, and redefines. I'm going to stop here. But I want to pray a special prayer for someone who has connected today with this lesson. And I pray that I've said something that has helped someone. And listen, send in your questions and, and um, I'm not perfect. Uh, and sometimes I might get something uh, tangled up, but if you, if you send me your question or whatever, I'll answer you, I will answer you. And if I don't know, I'll just say, I don't know, but I can find out, yes. Hallelujah. And if you have a prayer request, send it to me. Admin at grtdc.org. Mm -hmm. Special prayer request. But I want to pray for you now. Um, put your name if you need prayer. Put your name in the comment section. Let's establish an electronic prayer list, shall we? And uh, as we get ready to pray, those in your family who need salvation, you want them to be saved. You don't want them to be caught up in the destruction uh, that sin can bring. Put their names in the comment section, even tag them and let them know that Pastor Fields and the people of God here at Greater Refuge Temple in Washington, D.C., and the saints of God at Refuge Temple Annex in the Bronx, we're getting ready to pray for them. I want my son saved. I want my whole family saved. If you don't want to put them name by name, just say, I want my whole house saved. I want my whole family saved. Jesus saves. Hallelujah. And listen, trouble is coming. Trouble is coming. And I want my family saved. I want them delivered. Hallelujah. I don't just want it for me, but I want it for all of them. Yes, because I'm living by faith and I want to experience the wondrous grace of my Savior. Hallelujah. And everything that I receive, I want my whole house to have it too. We're getting ready to pray as the names continue to scroll. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we're touching and agreeing today 
And this evening, for those who are in need of salvation, they need miracles, they need a blessing in their life. In the midst of that, all that is going on, Father, hallelujah, I'm praying, we're praying that you would save us and our loved ones, cover with the blood of Christ. Let that blood cover us. Let that blood of the Lamb, oh God, protect us. And most of all, we are praying for salvation, true and pure salvation. In the name of Jesus, we want them saved. We want them delivered. We want them blessed. Because we know, God, that you are a Savior. Hallelujah. And you'll save us. You'll use us. And you will redefine. We thank you in advance for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, say it with me, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. The Lord bless you. Now, if you want to plant a seed in this ministry, uh -huh, you want to give an offering or pay your tithes, you may do so. Follow the instructions on the screen there. Mm -hmm. And those of you who are in the Bronx, in the New York, in the New York area, you may use GiveLify. Well, we're getting ready to go, uh, but this is... Uh, this Sunday coming will be Palm Sunday, uh, and those of you here in the D.C. area, uh, from 1 o'clock until 2, from 1 to 2, uh, I'll be in the parking lot with palms, and uh, some of the deacons will be with me, but we'll have palms uh, come by the church <clears throat> into the parking lot, and we'll give you uh, those palms, and uh, if anyone that desires uh, some blessed oil. We can give you some blessed oil as well. But I want to see you. I want to see your face. Uh, we haven't seen each other in a while. Come by. Come by the temple. Just drive by. Get your palms. Uh, if you need some oil, get some oil. Uh, let me see your face. Uh, we'll even say a prayer. We'll get in the parking lot and let's shout out a little bit and praise and rejoice. And on Easter Sunday, Hallelujah. We're going to open up the temple here in D.C. on Easter Sunday. The uh, mayor browser has given us a certain amount that we can have in the building. So because of these restrictions due to the pandemic, uh, and I believe things are going to get even better, uh, we have to have two services, 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. That's the first Sunday of April. You start seeing notices. Uh, and advertisement, uh, flyers, and so forth about that. So, but I just want to give you a heads up of what's coming. And those of you in the Bronx, uh, at the Annex, we're getting ready to open up. Hallelujah. We're just waiting for an appropriate time, but it's going to happen. I love you all. Thank you for connecting to uh, with us, I should say. And Lord willing, we'll be back next week with another lesson. And... Between now and then, there are three things I want you to do. I want you to be careful, be prayerful, and be holy. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.